Welcome to the Spawn Chunks, episode number 261 for Monday, September 4th, 2023. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me this week, filling in for Johnny, traveling in the south of France, is Tadpole Milk. You can find Tadpole at Tadpole underscore Milk underscore on both Twitter and Twitch, and Tadpole Milk without the underscores on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to the show, my friend. Hello, thank you for having me. This is almost a dream come true since I've been playing Minecraft. <laughs> almost a dream come true. So I'm wondering where we fell short. <laughs> well, well, I, I, dream come true is kind of indicate from when you're a child. So I guess the dream come true since I've been learning to play Minecraft. You guys have been there since my Minecraft baby steps. You, you probably don't know that till now. But uh, when I started learning, uh, you, uh, you and Johnny were the ones that I found initially and learn so much so thank you so much i can't believe i'm here <laughs> we really appreciate you filling in and i'm sure you know your your lessons and your adventures in early minecraft led you to the survival guide that johnny puts out and uh, for folks that uh, have been keeping track johnny had some scheduled videos this week but we'll obviously wait for johnny to come back to talk about what's been going on on the minecraft survival guide season three but you can of course check that out at youtube.com slash Speaking of all of the adventures that we have been having, and we will be looking forward to getting uh, some updates from Pixlrifts next week on the render distance. But this week, we were talking about dogs, and we were talking about how our holiday weekends were going, even though as both independent creators, Tadpole and I don't get holiday weekends. And if you'd like to listen to that, you can check that out at patreon.com slash the spawnchunks. The render distance is an extended conversation we record every single week, so our patrons get a little bit of extra bonus audio. And it is the first episode of September, so we wanted to extend a huge thank you to all of our patrons for their ongoing support. Because of that support, later this month, you can expect the Chunk Mail Dispenser, an all-email episode. Monthly Minecraft Hangouts, usually recorded live in the Discord on the last Saturday of the month, but we will update everyone on that schedule in the Discord. And quarterly hangouts, usually at the end of the quarters, but we had a little bit of a hiccup with the data this summer, so we've pushed the hangout to the early start of October. That will obviously depend on when and if we get a Minecraft Live announcement from Mojang. So stay tuned in the Discord for all that bonus content that comes your way as being a member of the Patreon, and we truly appreciate it. Keeping with tradition, Tadpole, the guest normally goes first with the quick login. So what have you been up to in Minecraft this week? And I guess specifically this weekend. Well, this weekend on Friday, we started a subathon. Um, when I started, I totally didn't even remember there was a holiday on Monday. So yay us. <laughs> but um, the support has been phenomenal. There is still, um, I think, 16 hours left. 16, wow. Yeah, they've been keeping it at like 30 for the past couple of days. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, because I knew this was coming Monday. And I was like, I did not. I like I know how kind and generous everybody is in the community, but I did not expect this level. of support. I'm truly thankful and blown away and still has. I have not had time to process everything. My mind is still spinning from everything that's been going on with that. Um, truly, truly grateful but during the subathon, we um, we were over on Halcyon Heights, uh, content creator SMP. I was invited to play on this year, um, and we finished building a creeper farm, a ridiculously large creeper farm that we did not need to build, but we built because it was just big and unnecessary. And I enjoyed every second of it. We only died once, and that was because we flew too close to the ground, uh, too fast. But that's fine. <laughs> 
And then on my single player world, we finished our Hall of Fame hallway, which leads into our library we're planning on building. Uh, the hallway is like a uh, old school fairy tale theme. Like think like uh, Little Red Riding Hood, um, Hansel okay. and Gretel, the old grim fairy tale uh, stories. I remember as a kid is kind of a little dark, you know, not real bright and sparkly or anything. Uh, I really like it. Uh, we finally got that all done, like all the little uh, Hall of Fame shrines, I guess you call them, that you can get if you're in channel points in our channel. Oh, and nice. it will, it's going to lead into, because we have chiseled bookshelves now, right? Since yep. I heard of this, I wanted to build an actual full-blown library with sections of Silk Touch, Efficiency 5, channeling, didn't matter. All, all the enchantments, I want to have a section for each of them. And I want to have little Alea librarians floating around with books. That's my plan. <laughs> I really like chiseled bookshelves. I made a small library in West Hill and it was like night and day decorating with yeah. chiseled bookshelves and being able to put like some books in the shelves, leaving like one or two spots empty. And then, you know, making that the decor rather than the standard Minecraft bookshelves, which one are on all sides, but then are also mm -hmm. like full and they look identical. And I, it looks very right. grid like, whereas I feel like the chisel bookshelves gives you a lot more, a lot more room. Right. Yes. I mean, they look good. There's a lot of color there. Yep. But like you said, it's this, it's like wallpaper. It's the same pattern over and yeah. over and over and over. Fun fact as much as I want to build this with them, I have yet to craft one single chisel bookshelf. Oh, really? I'm waiting. I'm waiting specifically to craft my first one for when I'm ready to place it in a library. <laughs> oh, wow. So you've been decorating everything first with the idea of, of putting. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do the outside and the ceiling and the, you know, the roof and everything. And then we'll start doing, I have a rough idea for the floor plan, uh, like the tiles and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I have yet to actually decorate. It's kind of big. Um, I'm focusing more on like really big builds not really uh connected in any way yet as of yet i mean this is this is my single player forever world um it's just regular survival it's not hardcore so my plan is to play here forever and you know and just keep building a bigger project somewhere else and go somewhere and build something else that's big and then maybe figure a way out to uh, connect them with some kind of lore which um i kind of have ideas for right now but i haven't fully fully developed all those yet uh but yeah that's that's my thing with Minecraft. It's like, what can I build here? And I want to make it big. And I found like the bigger I build, the better they tend to look. That makes sense. It's hard for me to detail smaller builds. Oh, one hundred percent. Minecraft is a is a chunky game in terms of the aesthetics, and I find that the larger that you build something, the more detail you can fit in easily without mm -hmm. getting frustrated with sub block shapes and or colors not existing in what you want. Whereas if mm -hmm. the details that you're putting in are either block level or, or around that size, like stairs and slabs and stuff, there's a lot more colors and a lot more shapes that are available to you. And I do the same thing, you know, like when I did my nether hub, when I designed, you know, some of the larger things that I've been doing, I absolutely, you know, benefited from having larger scale. There's actually some points in West Hill where I feel like my scale is too small and I get frustrated by, you know, not having enough room to do, say, like a, a gradient or something like you, you're mm -hmm. much better off to have like a 20 or 30 block wide by 60 or 80 block tall wall, which seems mm -hmm. ginormous. But when you start right. to put some sort of pattern on it, you realize just how small it is. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's not really that big in terms of the giant, we'll call them pixels that you're dealing with when you're using Minecraft blocks to like 
create color or, or gradients or textures and things. So I feel right. like going, that, going larger is usually good. Now with your, with your um, Hall of Fame library, did you create it in a way that it's expandable, giving them that this is a forever world? Like if you fill it, can you then push it into the mountain or like push it down farther in, in one direction or another? There's a little bit of room to expand on the side, um, but it is quite large. Um, what I did was we went, we kind of went exploring uh, when the cherry biomes were introduced. And I was looking for one of those expansive cherry biomes that's kind of like on a hill but goes down into the valley a little bit that I've seen. But what we ended up finding was almost a horseshoe-like mountain range with like a depression kind of in the middle that opened to, to uh, like an ocean. And I was like, man, this is it. So we lowered the center of it, the, the, the center of the horseshoe there. So it went down and then I'm just planting my the uh, cherry trees along the ridge of the or not the ridge but like the base of the mountain range and the behind the library so it's kind of going to kind of be like our own custom cherry biome behind and wrapping around the library it looks really really good so i've i've been really trying to do the whole step away like like basically fly away from the build and look at it from afar mm -hmm. not so much up close like the up close little details but the far away almost cinematic view is kind of what I'm going for. I do that a lot too. I tend to back up and, and you get too wrapped up in things up close and you get frustrated mm -hmm. with it not looking the way that you want. And you're like, wait a minute, exactly. I'm standing up on scaffolding, you know, two meters from this thing. Right. <laughs> no, no one is going to be here. Like anybody that comes to this area, unless they're flying by it. And even then they're mm -hmm. going to look at it as they go, you know, 20 miles an hour past the thing, you know, right. they're going to be looking at it from the ground or at the most mm -hmm. the, the wall you know, that's next to it. And so you have to kind of stand up and say, this is what it looks like from the player perspective. I like to call it quote unquote, where, yes. you know, if somebody were to come into your town, they would be walking around or they'd be walking into your library. They'd be standing on the ground. They wouldn't be hanging from the ceiling. Like you, the builder are, you know, noodling exactly. over every last little detail. <laughs> but I mean, I also think that, you know, noodling over every little detail, it, one, it's fun for me. I'm not sure if it's fun for you, but it's fun for me to kind of get into the details and get into the weeds of something. Specifically, when I want to design something that's either symmetrical or for me, just knowing that the shape is there in full, I find helps me wrap my head around a project, even if like half of that shape is then not visible because I've hidden it behind a wall or I've, you know, just you're just not going to see it from that side. But I feel like I, mm -hmm. I prefer to build things in the round. It's a little bit of extra work, but it, it for me, it, it provides that sense of realism that I want from my, I guess, right. my RPG nature in Minecraft. Um, <laughs> but I feel like uh, when you're when you're doing the this like stuff at that scale, that even though you can't always see the detail, it does almost provide a mood for the viewer yes. like so like if you're coming in as just a player walking on the ground looking at this giant you know hall of fame library even though you don't know all the work that went into the detail in the ceiling and you may not even be looking up there's just this general you can see the detail just kind of goes as far as your eye can see you don't necessarily need mm -hmm. to look at it and break it down shape by shape you just know that right. tadpole has touched everything from the ceiling <laughs> to the floor and that and yeah. that gives a mood like it gives a vibe right, right. and I, I think exactly. that's important you know yep exactly you know it's there and you know you did it and just like when you step back you're just like man that looks like tying it all together is just so i don't know it's so satisfying but i do do the the noodling the little little bit of here i'll place two blocks fly away look at it okay mm -hmm. i like that mm -hmm. you can go back or like no i don't like that i want to rotate this or try a different block 
Same, I do the same thing. I go through so many rockets. It's like, what, what do you do? I fly everywhere. I, I, I love the wings. I love Lake game Minecraft. I just... <laughs> yeah, for, for me, the th I think the number one thing that I repair is probably my Elytra because now with with netherite tools, like I just that they last for so long. Oh yeah. But yeah, I'll yeah. go through and have to repair my elytra twice before I have to go repair my pickaxe. Although I guess if I'm going all the way to the, you know, the zombified piglin farm to repair stuff, then I'm probably going to repair anything that I have that needs repair. I'm not just going to go just like just repair the elytra and then turn around and come right. back. I'm going to repair everything. So. <laughs> yeah, you're there. You might as well do it. Yeah. All. But I'm only topping up the pickaxe. Like the pickaxe is like 70 or 80 percent. Exactly. You know, yeah. And this is like the second time that I've gone to repair the elytra. So, right. It, I mean, it, unless you're going haste mining, you're not going to, you're not no. going to waste that pickaxe. <laughs> that's true. That's very, very true. So that's, I mean, that's the, the single player, like long-term world. What are you doing right now on Halcyon Heights? So in Halcyon Heights, my long-term plan is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Drizzt Dewarden story um, from Forgotten Realms. Um, it's a dark elf. Is that, is it a book? Yeah, so there's a book series. It's um, it's about a, a dark elf, a drow elf that has the conscience basically, and finds its way to the surface and has adventures. Um, and I fell in love with those books years and years and years ago. And I just recently found out there's more that I haven't read. I didn't know that, so that's I love that. Uh, there's more that I can read. Uh, so that goes into a lot of description of his home world, uh, Men's Bronzen. So I was like, you know, I kind of want to build that. So I was like, you know, the best place to build that in Minecraft would be an ancient city because they're the lowest part of the world. It's dark. It's spooky. Um, so we found an ancient city in a mountain. We've removed pretty much everything. Um, and I'm starting to build. I want. I started to build structures in there uh, for the Dark Elf families because they're run by families and they're all corrupt and crooked and it's wonderfully evil city <laughs> but the ceilings are too low i got an ancient city where it's like really really comp compact some are oh, like no. real expansive sand real you know you know how some are really really big and wide open and this one's like real shallow it's like oh man so that's why we built the creeper farm for the gunpowder we have a warden uh one of the channel point redemptions was named something rare and of course my lovely community's like capture me a warden with all my channel points so there's a warden living in the walls. It's it's a fun time. I do have plans for the darkness effect. Uh, I'd like to, the player to, when they come visit on the SMP, I would love for the entrance to walk right past the warden to where you get the darkness effect. Like oh, somehow yeah. To where he'd just get angry enough, not blast you through the wall, but you would get the darkness effect. And then as you enter the cavern, it would kind of dissipate. And then the city would like slowly reveal itself with the darkness as it dissipates. I think I figured it out, but I'm not certain yet. Like, so, so for me, everything I do, I, I pretty much do everything in survival. I've, I've done very, very few things in creative, like testing. Right. It's like, all right, let's, let's go try this for real. You know, it's like, let's go. That's, that's the fun of Minecraft for me is trying all the different things. Like I'm going to say in real time, it doesn't matter if you're in creative or survival still playing the game still having fun but like i just try to do everything in survival just for my brain i'm the same way and i think that i get more out of it in that way and i feel like it's it might be part of that rpg 
mindset where like you just in other RPGs where you're building or exploring or trying new builds, like you don't have a creative version that you try first. Like you're you you try out the sword build and see if that works. And if you don't like it, then right. you switch, you know, or if right. you die a lot, you're like, well, this sucks. <laughs> I'm going to switch and use more of a shield or be more of a paladin or like whatever the, you know, whatever game allows you to switch back and forth between those kinds of things. And I think that Minecraft is the same with building and that I prefer the idea of building in survival. I also as an artist, you know, from years of working, I really don't like doing things twice. <laughs> if I build something in, in creative and then I have to do it again, I don't find it entertaining to do it again. I found it entertaining mm -hmm. to do the first time and I have that satisfaction of having a breakthrough or, oh yeah, that's the great texture that I wanted or that's the shape that I wanted or this was a, a problem that I was facing and I fixed it, yay. But now I'm just copying it, you know, from right. one world to the other. Now, on one hand, I can see it if it's a really big, big build. Mm -hmm. yes and you want to do like a light matica thing like pixel Rips does or a lot of other mm -hmm. players do uh specifically if it's a technical thing so the one mm -hmm. time i shouldn't say one time but the occasions when i do something in creative it's often when i'm trying to work out a very specific redstone problem like right. i'm copying uh, a build from el mango or or some other really <laughs> talented you know redstone designer and I'm trying to downscale it for our purposes on the Citadel. So it doesn't take me a week to build. Like I just, I want to do something smaller. I don't need 60,000 drops an hour. I need like 6,000, right. you know, like something much more modest. And in doing that, I don't like to generally do that live on stream or in, uh, in survival because I, I find I get very frustrated and it's better for me, I think, to have that kind of stuff sorted out previous right. and, when I when I do bring things into creative, that's usually what I do. The other thing I can I can think of for creative, you know, as a note for people that that do things in creative first, is that a lot of times people will be doing time lapses, and I can understand how you'd want a time lapse to be a clean yes. production from start to finish and not have to cut out all of the trial and error that you and I would do in survival building, right? Yes, hundred percent agree with that. That is definitely. Especially the rain, trying to do time lapses with the rain. Oh, oh my goodness. I yeah, just recently yeah. started doing that. Rain in Minecraft is real. <laughs> oh, for sure. I feel like it rains more often on uh, the Citadel than any other server I've ever watched. And I'm, I'm sure it's anecdotal. I'm sure it's just I get mad and I can't see what's going on. But I, I do feel like it rains a lot ever since they updated to 118. I feel like it's just been constantly battling the rain. Speaking of the plight of building in survival, I actually finished the outside of the keep this week. I took the time to do the textures on the West Tower, which I've been putting off for a very long time because it's really tall. It's going to be 60 or 80 blocks tall. And you just know you're going to be spending a lot of time going up and down and up and down as you place a couple blocks, go all the way down to the ground, take a look at it, like it, don't like it, return to the scaffolding, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, it's also not a very big tower. So what I was talking about earlier about, uh, the, the resolution of it only being a five by five tower at the very top means that the faces that you're looking at are only three blocks wide, you know, maybe five in some places as it gets thicker or thinner. And that to me is difficult to get like a pattern or a texture or something to not look really blocky. So mm -hmm. it was challenging. I think I've managed to do it. I, I leaned on the simple side. So it's mostly stone. It's got an andesite bottom that kind of slowly fades into the stone. And then I just kind of feathered a couple of bricks around, you know, just enough to kind of get it looking the way that I wanted it to. 
Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I think the big change that I made was previously it was stone all the way down to the river level. And what I did mm -hmm. was I took the gradient that I had done on the apps of the keep and I brought that around the side. So now that wraps around the entire bottom of the keep on that west side. So anything lower than the main hall has this like deep slate, mud, basalt, tough cobblestone kind of look. And then anything yeah, yeah. from from that mezzanine up is is uh, stone and andesite and much brighter blocks. So it creates mm -hmm. kind of a nice foundation. It feels heavy. It feels weathered. It's feel like it's gotten wet and, you know, it, the river has affected it and all that kind of stuff. So I was yeah. quite happy with the way that that came out. Yeah, it looks really good. Almost like shadows, like the top has been almost sun bleached in the bottom. Doesn't quite get it. It's more more wet down there. Looks really, really good. Yeah, I never thought about the sun bleach. That's a good idea, too using the block color in minecraft to kind of indicate shadow it's tricky but it, it can work sometimes i think you did it i like when i looked at that it's exactly what i thought like it's more shade down there you have a little bit of an overhang it's just naturally going to be darker and like a little dimmer down there it looks really really good I like that thanks man and i'm happy to have the exterior of the keep finished uh, i still haven't finished the inside but that's because i need to take the time i'm probably going to do this on stream actually and and load up a, a couple of different furniture mods and just kind of mm -hmm. take a look and see which one I might want to go with. Uh, I may also, in the instance of time, just bite the bullet and switch and and, and update the um, the tables and chairs data pack and just say, okay, <laughs> we're we're going to use this for the rest. And speaking of creative, I, I remember when my patron server updated. I was talking with uh, mini packs, and they said that because of the changes that happened with the uh with the update a couple of mods just kind of went around on the server and just like used creative mode to replace tables and chairs that had broken because the mod broke older versions i might do that i i can't see myself taking the time in survival to replace every table and chair in this town like it would take a couple of streams and i'm just i i'd rather make more progress than that a lot of a lot of times when i'm in, i'm at your channel i'm i'm just kind of lurking and watching what you're doing and just like i'm learning I'm I'm still in that mode, you know what I mean? We're having a conversation, but I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, wow, this is so good. Thanks, man. <laughs> and I, I'll take the opportunity to also remind everyone that this is three years of, of work on the calendar. <laughs> like, this is not something that happens in even, even a season of playing on an SMP. Like, this is a very long time and very slow, methodical, getting something about 80% done, coming back to it later when you're ready or when new blocks have been released for Minecraft that you wanted to use, like that kind of stuff. There's a lot of patience that went into this. Yeah, yeah, so good. Like the interior stuff, Um, I'm I'm horrible at interior. It's hard. It's not easy. It's taken me a long I'm time so to get bad. used to it. Yeah, I'm so bad. Like I tried a little bit, but most of my builds, honestly, are just like the bigger builds with not much inside. If it's there's there's something inside, it's like on the bigger scale. There's a purpose for it. It's not like a, the the minute little details or something like that. Like I still haven't. I've kind of played around with making tables and stuff, but not. I'm just not good. Well, I took a break from all of it after finishing that tower. And the more that I travel back and forth out of West Hill, uh, which I, I walk, I try not to fly that too often because it's just kind of fun to show off the area on stream. I realized that there's a couple of roads missing and I have a checklist of things that I wanted to do out in like the West Hill Valley. And so I completed the road, the East Farm Road is what I'm calling it, that goes along the West Hill River. The West Hill River has been shaped, but it hasn't been landscaped. It hasn't been like a lot of the sand hasn't been removed from the river. But this mm -hmm. road kind of starts uh, just inside of a farm 
and then travels down what past what will be the graveyard to the east of West Hill. And all I did on that stream was just, you know, outline the road, a lot of trial and error. And like, does it feel right? Is it curving right? What vistas is, am I framing as people travel down the road? Like when you go south, what are you looking at? Well, you're looking at the, you know, the east bridge and the eastern side of the town. Eventually the graveyard will be there too. And then when you're traveling north on the road, at first it just kind of took you to the wheat field and kind of like the crossroads where it will eventually, depending on whether she comes back to the server, hook up to Hannah's horse farm. But mm -hmm. right now it just kind of went into nothing. So I turned the road after the, my first attempt so that when you're traveling south or north, rather, you actually look at the wheat farm. So as you're traveling down the road, you actually see the wheat farm mill, the water wheel and the building. And it just, it was those little adjustments that made the road feel a lot nicer. And I was going to fill in this low lying area, which you can see in some of the screenshots that I'll have in the show notes this week. And I decided on a whim and also out of a little bit of laziness, because I didn't want to fill in all those grass blocks. I was just like, you know what? This is a spot where there'd probably be some sort of stone bridge. It maybe wouldn't go over a body of water, but it would certainly be, certainly be the kind of stone bridge that would make ease of travel. You know, like mm -hmm. I can't see the road going down this little dip and then up this little dip because I'm thinking about like medieval horses pulling wagons and horses rolling in throwing shoes like th that doesn't seem like a practical thing. So they would probably yeah. fill it in and make a little bridge. But the more I looked at it, the more I thought that the area to the east, which is kind of on the top of the hill, I could maybe turn that into like a little marshy area and then oh, have, yeah. have a little maybe not like a running river, but have like a little bit of soggy ground that kind of drains down into the river and that would also give like a purpose to the bridge and i mean the bridge right now is just like straight stone blocks it's it's just like mm -hmm. a template that i'll fill in with detail later but uh i like right, it. right. it's it's a little distracting so i might make it shorter like i might not make it such a big deal i might make it like a much smaller thing but mm -hmm. that that'll change when i do the landscaping in that area and that's one of my favorite things to do uh as a chill stream is just like going around and like smoothing out the landscape and like removing yeah. the, the, the the i call it the janky bits the the jagged bits of my of minecraft natural generation and and just you know kind of smoothing that kind of stuff out so it looks like a nice contour and mm -hmm. there are some places too where i'm going to have to add some cliffs but all of a sudden I, I feel like i'm creating this list of things to do that are not west hill like it's it's outside of the town so i'm, I'm trying to be careful of like i want to get this to be done enough mm -hmm. where it looks good but not have a list a mile long so we'll, we'll yeah. see how that goes because i'm kind of famous for creating more work than i really set out to that right there's a mood i identify with 100 i try to keep those so like if i have a big build like you have west hill if i have a big build going on but then there's the surrounding area right it's like okay but i want to make this look cool too so i would like kind of maybe make a list of that as I'm building the big thing. And if I kind of get burned out a little bit or like maybe even like builder's block, right? I don't really know what to do, how to tie these together. I'll go over and I'll do like terraforming, which honestly, I've just recently started doing terraforming like this past year, not an expert at it. It's just like, well, let's just play some walks. Let's place these and see there. Like the bridge, I love the bridge, how that looks. It's kind of, it, it draws your eye to it. So you could do all kinds of little things right there. That looks really, really good. And like doing the little odd bits in here and there on stream is wonderful. I, I love doing it. It's kind of like people come in, hey, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm, you know, I want to, I'm kind of working on this and just placing blocks here to see if I can make it fancy. And every once in a while, somebody will give you an idea or like, hey, you know, I, I did this over on this world. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And maybe I'll try it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But just the sharing of ideas on those streams like that, where you're just kind of 
putting around doing little stuff like that are great i i enjoy that so much about streaming yeah i think there's been some some cool ideas brought forth in doing something where i don't really have a plan like i've got a plan for the keep you know i've got a plan for certain builds in the town but then when you're out mm -hmm. doing roads and more natural and environments like little details around the world that just kind of make it feel lived in those mm -hmm. kind of things i don't necessarily have a plan in my head i just have my own right. artist vision i'm just like i know what kind of what i want here but i'm going to arrive at it more organically through yeah. exp experimentation live on stream and i've definitely yeah. had people say like oh hey what about this block or what about what about that block you know because i've been i said mm -hmm. oh like i don't know like i feel like of course kind of a meme on my channel i've used a lot of spruce trapdoors and <laughs> sometimes people say like what about a mangrove or what about this i was like ah you know what that might actually work you know like you just right. why, why not make this wharf red because we can do yeah. that now i find that right. sometimes because of just habit you forget what blocks are in minecraft and then someone's like well my favorite block is like x and you're like oh actually that's not a bad idea like let's see what that looks like you know i really like that bridge that bridge is like really it draws my eye really actually to what you can I'm interested to see. I know you're focused on Westfield, but I'm really interested to see what you come up with in the future. Thanks, man. There's lots of possibilities right in that one little area right there. I think I think you're gonna make something really cool. Looking forward to it. It's fun to lean into the natural landscape too, like not completely revamp it and flatten it out. Just kind of like, well, there's a there's a valley here. Let's just see what I, what could I do in the valley. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think that yeah. that's a uh, an easy. It's honestly it's an easier way to play because like in some way Minecraft makes the decisions for you yes yes 100 percent. i know exactly what you're saying moving on to the news this week minecraft java edition snapshot 23w35a was released quote we are releasing the new snapshot that contains updates to support libraries and a whole bundle of bug fixes technical changes in 23w35a the lwjgl library has been updated to version 3.3.2 the default Java version shipped with the game has been upgraded to Microsoft OpenJDK 17.0.8. Fixed bugs of note in 23W35A. Baby camels that are not moving face in the direction of their adults when pathfinding to players that are tempting them. Sniffers, frogs, goats, and camels prioritize pathfinding to their lover when fed over panicking when being damaged. Sitting camels that have a passenger continuously look up and down for other players force loaded chunks reset when changing versions z fighting occurs on the backs of bamboo chest rafts and shift clicking to unequip armor bypasses vibrations in survival and last but not least some mobs can still attack you through blocks there are more bugs that were addressed for the full list of bugs in the snapshot visit minecraft.net and the article will be linked in our show notes Last call to migrate to Mojang accounts starting September 19th, 2023 at 11 a.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Central European Standard Time. Unmigrated Mojang accounts will not be able to be signed into Minecraft.net or the Minecraft launcher to migrate. This is to ensure that everyone is playing using accounts with improved security and player safety. If you still have not switched to a Microsoft account, Make sure to migrate before the deadline to keep your account access, access Minecraft Bedrock Edition for Windows, and claim your free cape. The migration process only takes a couple of minutes, and all of your data, including your username, progress, creations, and skins, will be there. For more information, we will have a link to the Java Migration FAQ in our show notes for this episode.
Definitely go ahead and do that migration, folks, if you haven't already. It's really simple. I did it as soon as it became available to me. It only takes a couple of minutes. And the benefits of having a more secure Minecraft account speak for themselves, especially if you are anyone that currently is or has hopes of making Minecraft content. Like if you tr try to make this part of your livelihood or even just a hobby or a side hustle, it's important to lock this stuff down. Or maybe you're just doing this as just a, a passion project, but you've got stuff that's important to you. So make sure you update to those accounts because the uh, extra security and two-factor authentication is 100% worth it. Plus, you get access to Bedrock Edition, you know, on Windows. It's a nice touch. I think that's a really smart thing that Mojang is doing so that, you know, for me, while I don't play Bedrock, if I ever needed to, you know, for the spawn chunks or for any other kind of event, I have access because I, you know, I picked it up um by migrating my account so uh just a nice reminder we'll have all the links in the show notes but it's a nice reminder to double check to make sure you and your friends have made your migration before september 19th of this year the snapshot really doesn't have a lot going on right now a lot of bug fixes uh so there's not gonna be a lot of long news discussion here there wasn't anything mentioned at all about villagers or villager trading uh, we may not see that experimental feature introduced in a couple of weeks when it comes out in, in 1.20.2. I say a couple of weeks, I'm speculating because there's really not many changes or fixes. So we'll have to see what comes through. I don't know whether that means Mojang is happy with the changes that they proposed or if it means they got to go back to the drawing board and they need more time to work on the experimental villager trading stuff. We will just have to wait and see. Uh, but this week's snapshot seems to be mostly under the hood fixes and then some outward bug squashing, like all the camel stuff that they were fixing. I was wondering if it was like, did this mean there's not much here? So does it mean we're ready? We're going to get it soon? Or like you said, is, are they going to go back to the drawing board because there was, you know, is there that much negative feedback from the villager, the, ch the tr changing to the villagers? I don't know. I have no idea either way. But uh, it'll be interesting to see which way they go in the next coming weeks. The only thing I thought was really cool was the, the pathfinding for when you're breeding animals because who who amongst us has not misclicked and accidentally smacked the animal they're trying to breed with the animal. yeah and then it runs away and you're like no i think that some of that behavior stuff is just consistency and and i appreciate it when mojang spots stuff like that you know like you expect breeding camels to behave the same as breeding cows breeding chickens right. like all that kind of stuff so i, I think that's a an important thing to to look at. I don't necessarily ride camels, um, but I think that there's also that real, even though I wouldn't necessarily call Minecraft a super immersive immersive game, I feel like if you got on the back of a camel and it starts like headbanging like it's at, at an ACDC concert, then like that's going to be distracting and it's going to feel really buggy. Like you're going to be like, what is going on? Why is this camel constantly <laughs> bowing its head and makes it hard to see? Like I'm sure the experience is probably not what, you know, what they want. And so I can see them prioritizing that. But it's, it's interesting how um, I've noticed, especially with the minor updates over the last couple of months of the, as they've introduced this, there really does seem to be a split. So you look at a list mm -hmm. of bugs and it may not be the same every week, but overall, if you look at the, the full list of bugs that are fixed in these minor updates, it's like half of them are like these visual bugs like Z fighting or animations or the camel doing funky things. And then the rest of it is uh, like the under the hood stuff, the library changes, uh, there's UI changes, there's all these different things that are just like the extra icing on the cake, the polish that just does not really require a full release, 
but also isn't as showy, you know, like saying, Hey, we fixed like 200 to under behind the scene bugs on the latest version of Minecraft. That doesn't really sell tickets. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to market that as like, look what we've done. You can't tell, yeah. but it's better. <laughs> you know, like, and <laughs> right. <laughs> so these, these minor updates are definitely a good spot for that. And I feel like the bug list is, is uh, not that the bug list is growing, but the fixed bug list is much larger i feel on these minor updates than it is on the major updates which is yes probably good like I, I i again i don't know for sure but i feel like with these minor updates i wonder if the development process for the major updates becomes then smoother because there's less to worry about the game is running better they have a more stable platform to then add new features or work new features into existing game mechanics and i'd imagine it makes everybody's life a lot easier with these minor updates that focus on these behind the scenes changes. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. They kind of you kind of clean up the little things. And then when you add a big thing, it's not that disruptive on the back end of it. Moving on into chunk mail, we have just one email this week from Captain Kramer, gamers of all ages. Hello, Joel and Johnny and Tadpole. Minecraft was first introduced to me by my kids. When creating our latest realm for 1.20, the realization of just how much this game transcends generations hit me. This really is a game that can appeal to a wide variety of ages, a game of preferences. I find myself decorating houses with some of my younger girls, building farms and redstone contraptions with my older son, and we all have a blast exploring the world. This is the first time an old gamer like myself has found a game that all of my kids and I can play while actually enjoying it. I love seeing what their young creative minds build, so I end up spending most of my time gathering resources for them to build with, which suits me just fine. It gives me a reason to build cool things like a super smelter and frog light farms. Do you guys have any thoughts or experiences playing with a younger crowd? Captain Kramer died while playing referee to four siblings with friendly fire turned on. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to go that's one way yeah, to go i can relate to that one so i'm going to defer to you off the start here tapple because i don't have any kids of my own so but i know you do and and, and i oh, feel yeah. like minecraft has been something in the household oh yeah this this is almost my like origin story in minecraft um i have four daughters the two youngest wanted me to play minecraft with him at one point and i was like okay because we played a bunch of games on the xbox like a lot of first person shooter games and stuff like that and like hey let's play minecraft i'm like okay let's play minecraft and uh we started a world with my two youngest and then uh daughter three was like yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go do this other thing now and then me and my youngest played actually and we found you know that was my first world in minecraft and i experienced minecraft as an adult through the eyes of a young child, okay? So the first time we saw an Enderman, she screamed almost through the controller. So I, like, was extremely scared. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, what, what, what's happened? What do we need to do? And she's like, just don't look at it. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so then we, we, you know, we progress to the game and we go to the nether and she's, you know, like, like actually terrified sitting next to me, like, really scared. And I'm like, are you okay? She's like, hey, just gotta be really careful. You just gotta be really careful. And then she hears a gas scream in the distance, and I don't even see it. I don't even know what she's, you know, just getting all upset about. And she goes back to the portal. I'm like, where'd you go? She's like, there's a gas. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you can't be in there. So I was like, I left. And then a couple of days later, she calmed down. We went back. 
And then um, she saw a zombie, you know, a zombie piglin, and she screamed again. And I almost threw the controller because she screamed, like, what is wrong? It was just the most intense thing. Like, Minecraft can be intense as it is if you let it, if you get your, let yourself be immersed in it. But playing with her and her reactions to these things that we were encountering in Minecraft while we're learning, and I didn't know, like, she knew some stuff and how to craft things and how to do certain things. And just knew that, like, if you hit a zombie piglin, it, they, they would all attack you and you that would you'd be wrecked. You're not getting out, basically, unless you're, like, really, really good. So just seeing them, like, made her that intense. <laughs> so this is, this is like, playing with the younger is so much fun. I, I loved it so much. It was the way I learned how to play Minecraft. And then from playing with her is how I met uh, Picks through the YouTube series. And then that's how I met you through Picks. And it was just... That that was my roots. Like that's how I learned how to play Minecraft. I love it. I, I think it's the best game ever. And it doesn't matter how you play, there is no wrong way. And it's just the greatest game in my opinion. I wonder how many people out there originally dismissed Minecraft because of its looks, you know, because of the kiddiness nature of it, because so much of the Minecraft marketing really focuses on the young crowd. You know, like mm -hmm. a lot of the Minecraft marketplace, you know, like there's Ninja Turtles this summer because of the movie that came out. There was Star Wars when Star Wars was coming out. Uh, there's mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff that that kind of comes into the marketing around around it. And it just feels very like, you know, from a, especially if you're a modern gamer, like an adult gamer, like you look at Minecraft, and you kind of go, oh, I don't know, like if I don't know what this is, then like, why would I be interested in playing this like 16 right. pixel resolution blocky looking <laughs> game? Uh, right. especially because so much of the marketing around Minecraft is not first person. It's usually mm -hmm. a camera that shows a bunch of different players running around doing something. And mm -hmm. to me, it really doesn't look very good because like players kind of treadmill, they don't have knees, like there's all that kind of stuff, but you don't see any of that, especially if you're on a single player world, like it's right. just, it's just you and mm -hmm. you, it, the experience of being immersed in Minecraft even though I just kind of said that counterpoint earlier is definitely the first person perspective. Like as mm -hmm. someone that's played a lot of first person shooters, like that's where Minecraft really was sold to me. It's like, okay, I get to build from like this perspective. It's not top down. I'm not building a city like in city skylines or Sim city or something right. like that. I'm not doing an RTS. Like I'm, I'm actually down on the ground in it. And mm -hmm. when I build something, I can then climb up inside of it like that. How cool is that to me? Right. So like that, that's where I kind of got hooked into it. But, you know, when I watch uh, my niece, because I don't have any kids of my own, but my niece is is coming up on double. Well, she's in double digits, uh, but she played Minecraft uh, early on on the Bedrock Edition for a tablet. And so I really mm. wasn't much help because like I couldn't control anything because I, I bedrock one, but tablet controls are just beyond me. I'm a keyboard and mouse guy. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't even play Minecraft on the Xbox because the controllers are just too slow for me. Real, yeah, they are slow. It is. For, for Minecraft anyway. The inventory, getting into your inventory is a real pain. Mm. Uh, so when I was watching her play though, it was as, you know, Captain Kramer mentioned this really eye-opening experience of she built, a pink house with a yellow glass roof mm. because she could, you know, because it was there, you know, right. I mean, I'll asterisks that she was playing in creative mode, but still like what, like it was whatever she wanted to do. You know, exactly. there was a small hobby farm outside. There were different colored enclosures for the different animals. She had paid attention to like, where is she going to sleep? Because I think the day night cycle was still happening, even though it was creative. 
And mm-hmm. so that there's all these things that, that she had thought of that she had put in there. And it was very much a window into the mind of yes. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back and change the pink house and the yellow roof, but if I'm not happy with part of it, I'm just going to add something onto it. Like this yes. is my, this is my second bedroom because I didn't like the first bedroom and I'll give the first bedroom to the cow because like, well, I don't like, I don't want to sleep in it myself, but it's okay for the cow. The cow doesn't care that much. And so you see right. all these stories that are forming in, in her head, even if she's not articulating it out loud there, everything had a reason. It wasn't just like Kelter Skelter. And yes. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, young kids being dropped into a, a Minecraft world where there is grass, there's trees, there's lakes, there's rivers, there's mountains, like you, stuff that is vaguely familiar, you know, mm-hmm. and right. you, you know, and you see animals that you're familiar with, like, you know, you generally know what a cow is by the time you're 10. And so you can say, okay, well, cows, cows usually eat hay and they live on farms and they ha- are there in pastures. I should probably put a fence around them. Like there's all these just intuitive things that you can do to mimic the world around them. And what I find mm-hmm. so interesting and what I think is the big appeal to Minecraft for young people is like, you know, you have to go to school, you have to come home, you have to do your homework, you have to eat when your parents tell you, you have to go to bed when your parents tell you, you've got to brush your teeth when your parents tell you. And then in Minecraft, you're the boss. Exactly. And you can do whatever you want with yeah. like, within the game, you know, gameplay restrictions, right. but still like right. It's, right. it's very much a sandbox. And that to me right. is, I think what I, when I watch or see any kind of young people, cause I've watched some like Minecraft videos where it's been like a Mojang promotion where kids have been doing something i i recall i mean it's been years now but i think we featured it on the spawn chunks where oh you know what i think it was part of minecraft live there was a group of kids in europe that were redesigning their local decrepit playground in minecraft and then they presented those plans to the town or city council and then city council like rebuilt the playground based on kid feedback like it should have swings here and it should have a teeter-totter there and it could have a merry-go-round here and like but they built it in minecraft and then they you know the city then worked with like architects and and you know public space designers to actually make it make it happen i am 99 percent sure that that was a minecraft live video but it was just really cool because like Mm. the kids have got the imaginations for it and you know they and they and then have given the tool that they already know how to use Mm-hmm. you know then i think it's it's really really cool right so i haven't had any like firsthand experience playing with with any kids but i've definitely seen the benefits of it oh it is it is it is an experience and a half um i mean hands down I, it was the best time ever and i just i honestly just got hooked on this game so bad and then they were like okay you know kids are like oh we're into this for a while and then they kind of move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and i'm like i can't get enough of this like <laughs> i started playing minecraft i'm like i can't i can't get enough of this stuff it's just it is amazing how you can literally play this game because we grew up with a lot of games like this is how you do it these are the rules this is mm. what you do mm-hmm. there's no other way to there's no other way you have to do abc to get to d every time there's no deviating this is it there's a right way and a wrong way and this is it minecraft is not that way Minecraft is turn it on, sit down, play however you want to play. And I love that. I love seeing what comes of that from every every different walk of life you see, all these different amazing things in Minecraft. It's just uh, It just blows my mind almost daily when I see new things, people doing new things, trying different things. And it's like, what? The, how did you come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, just, it's just fantastic. I love it. 
It'll be interesting to see, you know, as the years go on with Minecraft, how young people, you know, like my niece or or like people that are maybe now 15 or 16, you know, as they leave the game, as they get into other interests, you know, in other video games or other time things like, you know, sports or whatever, if they eventually come back to it, you know, and see how the game has changed yep. over the years and, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. have that same early imagination sparks. They, they understand what Minecraft is. They know that it's right. like this free reign game. But then you come into mm -hmm. it with that that knowledge. But as an adult, you're like, oh, wow, because I, I mean, as an artist, I kind of knew what I was getting into when I started to play Minecraft, but I still took a little while to realize like what was possible and mm -hmm. just like the I think you have to even as a patient person, naturally, I had to realize that if I want to do anything that's going to satisfy me in this game visually, I'm going to have to realize it's going to take me a long time, you know, and that, oh, that, yeah. that started yeah. with one of my first builds. Like I made this snake mountain type build that was like a, a nod to the Skeletor's base from He-Man. And yes, <laughs> I would love to redo it at some point, knowing now, you know, what I know about Minecraft at the scale. Right. And like, I would love yep. to be able to do more stuff like that. And, uh, but just then knowing just how long it would take to, to get it all done. Oh, yeah. But it would, I yeah. mean, it would look fantastic. Um, especially now that we have more blocks than I did back then. Oh yeah. The, the color palette you could use now. Oh yeah. It'd be really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I promised myself I'd move on from the medieval type fantasy stuff <laughs> in my next project. So it won't be anytime soon, but there's, there's always really? a He-Man cartoon bookmarked on Netflix that I never get back to. So we'll, we'll see. But speaking of getting into Minecraft and spending a lot of time playing Minecraft, one of the things that uh, I've been wanting to talk about on the show for a while and actually had you in mind tadpole because of you know the way that your streams have been shaping up lately uh and mm -hmm. then of course me entering into my fifth year now streaming i wanted to talk about the challenges of live streaming minecraft and i'll clarify a little <laughs> bit here because i had a couple of ideas a couple of points so i want to approach this as like what are some of the challenges of streaming minecraft as someone relatively new to streaming what are the challenges of streaming Minecraft for someone where Minecraft has been their main focus for years of streaming content? And then what are the challenges of creating content with Minecraft where streaming is the only avenue for that content? So you're not doing YouTube edited videos. You're not doing tutorials. It's it's like a streaming is the main driver mm -hmm. in, in the content creation. So one of the things that I think from me being more experienced is I find that as someone that's into Minecraft and has been for a while, especially with the Minecraft podcast, and I, and I want to be clear, I'm not at all bitter about it anything like that, but I do find that because the community has been built up around Minecraft, I find it difficult to play other games on stream and branch out and maintain the same kind of level of success or engagement or interest. Uh, I do find in general... This is, you know, so I know there's always people out there that are different, but I do find in general that the bulk of Minecraft viewers tend to be only interested in more Minecraft. And mm. uh, I'll often see, like, even if you go to raid somebody, you've got a, uh, you've been doing a Minecraft stream and you're passing people on to somebody else that is maybe not doing a Minecraft stream or they're doing a slightly different Minecraft stream where it's not survival or something. And people just bail. Like they just, you right. know, you'll send half of your crew along because they all go and watch somebody else just playing Minecraft. Um, right. And so that, that to me, I think 
coming from my own standpoint as a, as a more experienced streamer has been one of the major difficulties of, of streaming Minecraft. But I have noticed that you'll have some better retention if you're doing other building games. So mm -hmm. something like, you know, a city builder or any kind of like a efficiency games like Satisfactory that I do where there's still a lot of creative stuff going on. There's a lot of like base building, that kind of stuff. You'll find that sometimes people will stick around, but it's really kind of a crapshoot. And that goes for both channel engagement as well as my own engagement, you know, and I find that I don't like, I don't want to throw stones from a glass house here because I will switch to a different building game and then be just like, this is good but it's not as satisfying as what I'm doing in Minecraft, you know? And it, right. it's, it's funny how, like, even though it's a shiny game, it's got some better graphics, it gets got better special effects, you know, all this kind of stuff. I may not be getting the same creative satisfaction from this new building game that I am from Minecraft. So in a way I can understand why the Minecraft viewers kind of tend to stick to just Minecraft. And, um, it's, it's interesting. I even see some division within, Minecraft streams, you know, people that stream heavily modded series or mm. limited series versus people that have like a long-term world or, or people that play strictly vanilla. Um, I even mentioned, you know, last, like last week on the show that I'm even having trouble deciding how far into modded Minecraft I want to take this little, because we've been talking about adding a furniture mod for the modern city and to fix some issues that I'm having with West Hill. And like, I always tote the, citadel experience as vanilla with a couple of tweaks for ui and, and <laughs> performance i really try not to get into too much as far as gameplay and blocks like we don't have any general blocks that are not in the game for other people i think the only things that we'd have are things like vanilla tweaks that are just retextured mob heads but those those exist like that that's not a brand new right. thing it's just a retextured thing and i think yeah. For whatever reason, my mind splits mods and resource packs into different categories. Like resource packs are just part of the vanilla game. You can change Same. things however you want. And then <laughs> mods are like, but that's where you get like a chair. And that like that doesn't exist from Mojang. Like they don't make those. And right. and that's where you kind of have to, you know, split your hairs. But I feel like I'm always on the fence about how far I want to push even that vanilla Minecraft experience because like I don't want to alienate anybody that's been coming to my stream for a long time that mm. that's used to the vanilla experience and in a way you know and i know that this is a point that johnny makes all the time which is the limitations of vanilla minecraft push and fuel creativity in order to come up with new things to do with the existing blocks rather than just having a new block that solves the problem you have to come right. up with a more creative way to do that and so yeah. i'm always on the on the fence but those those are kind of like the the challenges that i find you know as a streamer that wants to do more streaming with other games and and other experiences, you know, as a longtime Minecraft player, those are generally what, what I've been seeing. Now right. you are more of a, we'll, we'll say in comparison, you're more of a new streamer. You're coming up, I think oh, like yes. two years this December. Yeah. Yeah. December will be two years. And, I'm a baby. Yeah. And out of that though, <laughs> how long have you been full time? Uh, this is my starting my third week, second week, something like right. that. Right. So long. very, yeah. very new to, to doing it as a, as a full-time time investment. So, yeah. so from, a, from a new streamer perspective, like what's your take on the challenges of streaming Minecraft as someone that's new to streaming relatively? So I think I look at it different than a lot of people. I'm, I'm going to stream 
Minecraft because I love playing Minecraft. So when I started my channel, um, I basically wanted to create a space uh, where I would play Minecraft. And it's just, it's a throwback to when I was a kid and people would come over and hang out at your house. All right. And like you just, your friends would be over, someone would play music, someone's chatting, someone's playing cards, whatever. You know, you're just hanging out. People come and go all day long, different people. Um, that's kind of what I envisioned for my channel. And it kind of grew from that and it just kept growing from that. So like I look at it as I'm creating that space for people to come hang out. And it's kind of how it does. People come in, they'll say, hi, we'll chit chat. We'll talk about this or that, these things. And then, you know, they may come and go. They may hang out the whole time. I don't know. But I've had a lot of people say, you should, you should play something different. You should, you know, maybe play this or play that. And uh, if I feel like playing it, I will. But I feel like if I, if I'm trying to force myself to play, quote unquote, what's popular, it's going to come through my streams. Mm. So people are going to know I'm not being genuine. I'm not genuinely in love with what I'm doing. Um, down the road, maybe we'll try new things. I don't know. But for right now, I feel probably because it's like a comfort, like a, a comfy blanket, right? You want to be comfortable where you're at. Because this is all new. This is very scary for me, honestly. Like, it's exciting and scary all at the same time. So it's like a, like a lot of excitement right now. Um, like in my personal life, but like for streaming and stuff, like you, if you truly enjoy what you're doing, like what I've noticed with all the other communities I've gone to and been, you know, been around and kind of lurked and, and paid attention. Like when you tell somebody is truly invested and they love what they're doing, uh, that shows through and people recognize that and people will come and they'll, they'll hang out and they'll recognize that you're a genuine person. And you, enjoy what you're doing and you're not just doing it for hey yeah i'm i'm doing this for you know this is my job but you know come in anyway you know it's 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 a fine line you have to walk right you don't want to talk about the the money part you want to keep it all light and airy and everything but everybody should know most of the people are doing it for that if that's their job but you don't want to talk about it because it's kind of like taboo right so if i start leaning into that side the side that you don't want to talk about too much i feel like uh, that's going to lose, that's going to hurt my channel. That's not really the vibe I'm kind of going for. That's me. This is like what I'm talking about, uh, how I'm trying to do stuff. And then what I try to do to grow recently, I've been trying to put the clips we make on my channel on YouTube um, and on TikTok. Recently started TikTok. Um, just every day, uh, upload a new clip. Hopefully there's a, some funny thing that happened. Usually it's me uh, misclicking something, <laughs> burning a full stack of rockets or something. And then maybe we'll get some viewers from that. You know, people come in and, and hang out and chit chat with the people that are there. And they, you know, the people that hang out in my streams are super nice and generous and, uh, just actually really, really genuine people to talk to. And I've been very, very fortunate. Uh, I hear a lot of horror stories of people on streaming and bad interactions with people coming in and, you know, trying to be mean and all this and that. And, think i've been like kind of blessed with uh you don't have too many knuckleheads coming in your stream you know <laughs> it's really it's really been really good um and another thing is like i spent a lot of time i did spend a lot of time in other channels not so much chatting too much but like watching and trying to learn like what is the streamer doing how are they doing things like what is their cadence what is their pace like, what is their interaction with chat? Because some pe some streamers don't really interact with chat and some interact a lot. And they both have different levels of success. There's no, I didn't find a clear blueprint to like, this is what you do. 
I kind of equate it because I've had people ask me like, how did you do this? How did you do this? Cause I don't think I'm that big or anything. I, I still think I'm small. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of equate it to, if you ever watch days of thunder, when uh, Tom Cruise is sitting there talking to uh, the pit leader and you're talking about the, the pitch and the wedge and all the stuff on the car. And Tom Cruise is like, I don't know what you just said. They told me to drive. I drive. Right. <laughs> I'm learning how to do this stuff on the back end as I'm doing it. Like that's kind of, I kind of just, that's kind of me. Like, honestly, I just kind of jumped in and like, I'm going to do this. And then, and then you see all these things, like there's all these free tools out there for you to use, like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, put your content there. It doesn't matter what it is. Just put it out there. Just keep putting it out there. People will see it eventually. Just keep putting it out there. Don't stop. Especially if you love what you're doing. Just if you, if you love what you're doing, it's, it might be a little bit of a chore to do it every day, every day. But once you set it up, it's really easy to do. You just kind of get in a vibe. You're just constantly putting it out there. Because I don't really see myself as a YouTuber. I see myself more as a, a streamer. The, that one-on-one -on -one interaction you know, with you in the chat. Uh, the live interaction, I feel like I'm, I flow better that way than having a YouTube where I'm scripted and I'm kind of creating. I mean, I may get into that later, but I don't, I'm not feeling that. I'm just trying to go where I feel good right now. So that's, I mean, that's me. I don't know if it's good or bad or, or what, but uh, it seems to be working and then uh, full steam ahead. I like how that touches on the challenges of, of just streaming Minecraft. So like even if if Minecraft isn't your game or or isn't you know the only thing that you stream, if streaming is the only way that you produce content, I find mm -hmm. that that is a challenge where you know you have oh, to yeah. have another funnel because discovery on Twitch is not the best. Every now no. and again, you'll get some new people, but most right. of the time uh, that I see new people arriving in my chat, they're very often coming from this show. You know, so you've got. A Minecraft podcast that shows up when people look for it on Google. You've got uh, the the episodes that Johnny posts uh, on the Spawnchunks YouTube channel, and then we have the YouTube algorithm that helps out, you know, with mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, we do live coverage of Minecraft events, and and that's on YouTube as well. And mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, there's a podcast, and then they listen to a couple of episodes of the podcast where you know I have been mentioning my Twitch channel and my build that I do live on Twitch for like years, and mm -hmm. people just get curious and they end up popping in. So. But that's right. the only funnel that I currently have because it's funny that you mentioned the things that you really enjoy doing. And I love my job. I love podcasting. You know, I, I really enjoy streaming. I, I really like Minecraft. I do not enjoy social media. I mm -hmm. am more of a social media consumer than I am a social mm -hmm. media producer. I've never right. been someone that likes being on camera. And so when you've got video-based social media taking precedent over photography based social media with reels and TikToks and mm -hmm. I don't remember what they're called on Facebook and you know different things on different avenues and I mean like who knows what's happening with Twitter right now so yeah. I use them as broadcasting platforms to say hey I'm live come check out the channel but there's no other reason for people to follow me on social media other than like updates on you know, that kind of stuff or sharing other mm -hmm. passions like, you know, my barbecue or my, you know, cooking things like that. Um, but right. it's not a Minecraft focus. Like you can't necessarily see clips of me doing stuff on Instagram or TikTok. And I think part of it is that I've had these social media platforms for way longer than I've been, you know, streaming Minecraft. And so mm -hmm. for a long time, they were really art focused. And then over time, they just became a little bit more personal. And 
I could start a brand new channel, but start over again seems kind of dumb because then you're just like, then you're really throwing, you know, sticks into the wind and hoping for the best if you're starting right. a new Joel Duggan Minecraft on Instagram and hoping that people find you, you know, like, again, the only funnel that I would have to direct people to that social media would be this podcast. And, yeah. and so I've not found the workflow yet for getting stuff up on TikTok, which I know I absolutely have to do mm-hmm. and because the, the discoverability on Twitch is, is low, you know, and you need to be consistent. I, and I think that's one of the things that's important too. Like, and you understand, you know, I think I'm going to say just as a slightly older streamer than the average new streamer. Oh yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and I mean, cause we're both about the same age, so I'm not, not throwing mm-hmm. sticks and stones here. No, uh, no, no. But it's, it's one of those things where, you have that work ethic and you understand, look, if I want to do something and I want it to be successful, you got to do it consistently. And I think mm-hmm. that that is one of the things that people will appreciate in that they know what to expect. They, you know, you're on at a certain time every day, you're on certain mm-hmm. days of the week, you know, and I think that that really right. helps with um, the retention, but then yes. you've also got to figure out how to get people coming down into that. And you right, can't, right. and you can't be consistent like that if you don't like it. Right. Like you exactly, really have to exactly. be, you have really have to be enjoying it in order to, yes. in order to do that. Yes. It becomes a chore and you don't want to do chores. You know, you don't, you, yeah, I can go, I can go get a nine to five doing something I don't like. Right. Yeah. We all can't, we all can. It's, it's, that's not that hard, but doing something you enjoy and finding a way to monetize it is that's the goal, right? That's, that's the ultimate goal. So you have your regulars, you try to get new people in. Right. Um, so like I said, like uh, re- just recently I, uh, I started a TikTok. maybe, a month ago, maybe. And so every day I upload a TikTok every single day and I have it linked to my Twitch account. That's the only reason it's there is like, maybe somebody's going to be like, Hey, this is pretty funny. I'm going to hop over and check out Twitch and maybe they'll become a new regular viewer. I don't know. But if I don't do that, I absolutely miss out on all that, that whole platform of people that may not know that Tadpole Milk is out here streaming on Twitch, playing Minecraft, having a good time. You know, same thing with YouTube. That's the whole reason I do YouTube is I put my uh, clips there, linked it with uh, uh, Twitch, hoping we get some more people to come over and say hello. That's the whole reason I use it. Uh, I need to get better at using Instagram and Facebook. I'm t- terrible at using those ones. I'm like you. I was not a big posting everything on social media. I was never really good at it. I'm learning all this stuff. I'm like, I'm behind the times basically. <laughs> so I'm playing catch up and all those avenues. Uh, but it's, it's been so much fun learning and, and just uh, trying all these new things and like, well, maybe this will work and it takes time. So it's not like an instant gratification thing. Like you said, patience with building in Minecraft. I equate it to the same thing with like the social media platforms and getting my name out there and, and just seeing if we can get somebody to come in and say hello, basically. So. I still feel like I'm new and like totally, absolutely inexperienced at all this and do not feel like I should be giving advice on anything. <laughs> this definitely is weird. <laughs> but I think that that's valid too, right? Because when you're starting off as a streamer, for anybody in our audience that's thinking about starting to stream and starting to stream Minecraft, then like you, it's hard to get advice from somebody that's been doing it for 10 years and has like 10,000 followers. Like the advice yes. that they have is going to be mm-hmm. v- hard to be relevant to you as you are starting off with five viewers, four of whom are family members, and you're just yeah. trying, you know? Yeah. And, right. and yeah. I think that, you know, the advice that they have is often in a good way. They're, you know, good, just be yourself and be consistent and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I think mm-hmm. that people that are starting off are looking for more granular tips 
because right. the broad strokes are kind of easy to look at over a year but when you've only been streaming for like a month or two then you have to kind of like okay well like what if, what kind of things could i do now that will affect mm -hmm. my month to month rather than just right. like an overall successful i don't want to say career but like an overall successful channel there's a difference i think between those broad strokes and the finer things and so i yeah. think that one of the things that people might get overwhelmed by is like trying to stand out in a sea mm. of minecraft streamers because boy there's a oh, lot yeah you know like at any given time there's a lot yeah. and i think that you mentioned it earlier and i'll reiterate which is like to stay away from gimmicks you know like stay away from emulating other streamers right copying them or mm -hmm. putting on a facade or being goofy because you think it's in or you know mm -hmm. i i feel like just doing the things that you want to do at the pace that you want to do them and yes. you will find your audience there's a fine yep. line. You don't want to be boring. Like you want to be right. engaged and you want to be there and you want to be interacting with mm -hmm. chat and stuff, which I mean, right. honestly, if you've got a small chat room starting off, congratulations, you can talk to everyone in that chat. Exactly. Uh, it gets a lot yeah. harder the more people show up. Mm -hmm. And yes. and uh, I, yep. as much as I look at larger channels, you know, like say you look at some of the hermits when they're streaming and they've got, you know, between six and 7,000, you know, people mm -hmm. in chat, that's awesome but it's really hard for them to engage with an individual meaningfully right. because it, like, it just goes by so fast. And there could be right. really good people re that would mm. really like to interact with that streamer, but they just can't because of the sheer volume. Right, you just get lost in the wash, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit harder that way. But I think that, you know, to go with what you were saying earlier, I think a new streamer should not be afraid of rolling what you think is fun within Minecraft. Like, let's say, Maybe you're really into PvP. Maybe you hate PvP. Maybe you really like exploring. Maybe you want to do the archaeological right. stuff that's in Minecraft now. Like there's a bunch of different things that you can do, you know, mm -hmm. to progress the game and, and play that you want to play. But yes. lean into the stuff that you find fun. I find building fun. I do not find fighting the game fun. Like I don't want to go fight the <laughs> warden. I just it's not the game for me. I would much prefer to play something like Borderlands 3 or Halo and engage yes. with PvE content that way and then leave <laughs> Minecraft up to what I feel it's better at, which is building and creating building. spaces and yeah. things like that. And so if you're new and you've got an interest, lean into it. Uh and and I would say that having a plan to start is a good idea as you get better at streaming and better at minecraft in general you can fly by the city of your pants more often because your general minecraft and streaming knowledge is going to be deeper and you'll be able to roll mm -hmm. with the punches a little bit better but i feel right. like having a goal that's a good size i think will pay off i'm not suggesting people build west hill but something mm -hmm. that i've learned from building west hill is that as people have come into my channel I now have two things that will hopefully keep them coming back. I hope that they engage with me. I hope they find my presentation to be relaxing and engaging and fun. But I've also found that people are like, hey, I came here for you since I found the podcast and heard that you stream. But now I'm really invested in Westdale and I want to see how it looks in the end. And so mm. they've become invested in the project as a hook as well as, you know, you as a streamer. And I think that can benefit streamers in a lot of ways because if you're streaming consistently, you're going to have days where you're not going to feel like going live. You're going to have days where you're not in the best mood. Uh, granted, mm -hmm. I will say that generally when I'm in a bad mood, podcasting and streaming will put me in a good mood on the other side of it. Because exactly. you kind of you yes. kind of have to put a smile on your face. You have to be engaging. You have to be upbeat. And that, mm -hmm. I think, mentally kind of like resets your right. brain a little bit. But yep. 
on those days where you're not as engaging because maybe you're just tired, maybe you're in a good mood, you're just exhausted, uh, right. then you've got a project that still is hooking people. Like even if I'm walking around Westall and not talking much, there's still a lot of people going like, wow, how long did this take? And so you can yes. just, you can start to talk about stuff that's just of, of interest because you've got something that's been taking a while on stream. And I, I feel like that's generally a, a, a good thing for most people. And even if you only have one person, like when I started, I had zero people. Okay, I'm sure we all did. When you started streaming, you hit to go live. The first time you're, you're biting your nails and you're like, I want to do this. So, but you do it and you don't, it's like, what do I do? So the best, some of the best advice I got, like I said, I would kind of hang out in other people's chats was, so I took a, I'm an, I'm, I took a little bit of picks and I took a little bit of Pearl when I very, 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 very first started. Pearl's advice, I heard, and I didn't even ask, I heard her tell somebody else that asked was, how do you start streaming? Like, what do you do when there's no one there? And she's like, just talk about what you're doing. You know, oh, I'm walking over here. I'm going to start chopping these trees down. Like, I'm chopping these trees down. You know, I'm going to, I need to collect all these logs. I want to build this thing. I need to get all these resources for this. And then, and then like, and picks would do the, you know, chopping Tuesdays, resource gathering stuff. So I'm like, you know, that is kind of like the grindy bits of Minecraft are fun, but at the same time, it's kind of lonely when you're just playing by yourself. Right. So I was like, you know, I want to stream this. I want to share this with people. I'm going to build this thing, but I have to gather these resources as well. I might as well have someone talk to you while I'm doing it. Well, when you first start, you don't have anybody talking to you. So you're just talking to yourself, basically. But I'm still, because I love the game, I just kept going. And somebody came in and was like, hey, what you doing? And then I was like, hey, hey, I'm chopping this tree. <laughs> you know, and it just kind of went from there. So you just have a conversation with that one person that comes in, and hopefully another one comes in and joins the conversation. And it's just kind of how it builds. You just, that's how I looked at it. That's how I started. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to play Minecraft anyway. That's how I say, if you want to stream it, you don't, you know, I'm not saying everyone has to stream because it's not for everyone, but if you want to, whatever game you're playing, hopefully it's Minecraft. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you just start playing and you just start sharing what you're doing. Just, just share your experience. You turn the inner monologue to an external monologue. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That will wrap up this episode of the Spawn Chunks. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the things that Tadpole and I talked about at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by Johnny, who will be returning next week. The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? Visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join the community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to the patron-only Discord chat and give you an opportunity to participate in things like the live show recording and the monthly Minecraft Hangout. We currently have 313 patrons. Technically, that's down 11 from last week, but that's likely due to Patreon processing support over the month into the holiday weekend. So there is always room for more. Special thanks go out to our content engineers, Hunter555, Jumbo Sale, Mind Trip Media, Party Voyager, and Yitz. Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spun Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. Personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast. Just poke a friend in the arm and let them know that they can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even YouTube. Be sure to leave a rating and a review on your favorite platform. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. Please use that email address. The RSS feed is linked at thespawnchunks.com, and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page, that's where you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. Tadpole, thank you so much for hanging out and filling in for Johnny this week. I know you have a very busy schedule with your current streamathon happening. Where can people find you and the work that you're doing online? You can find me at 
twitch.tv slash tadpole underscore milk underscore Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We generally go for eight hours. Uh, currently, we are in a subathon, so immediately after this, I will be in there. <laughs> you can also find uh, my clips on my YouTube page at Tadpole Milk. I do post my VODs if you'd like to catch up anything you missed, maybe. And I am also over on TikTok, Tadpole underscore Milk underscore. And thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough for having me on here. This has been just, like I said, a dream come true. You'd have told me four years ago, hey, you're going to be on the spawn chunks. I'd be like, get out of here. Not have gone back to punch in a tree. There's like, no way. This is like, mine, mine has been thoroughly blown. Like, I cannot comprehend. I have not wrapped my mind around that I'm actually here on the spawn chunks. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Hey, thank you for filling in, man. It, it's a great help to us as well. And hey, checkbox, Monday, blown mind. Always a good way to start the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Links to everything that I'm up to can be found at joelduggan.com. That includes the Citadel Cafe, my other podcast about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. I'll be catching up with Stephen ESC later this week, where we're going to be talking about Star Wars Ahsoka, which is currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. We'll be about three or four episodes into that, so we'll have a good chunk to talk about. I'm Joel Duggan on social media and Joel Duggan on Twitch, where I stream normally Thursday through Sunday, mostly Minecraft with Lego on Fridays. This week, however, I will be streaming Starfield starting at 9 p.m. Atlantic. That's UTC minus three hours on Tuesday, September 5th. That is when I get access to Starfield via the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So we will see you all on Twitch in the stars on Tuesday. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, just like the number of tadpoles in a stream. <laughs>